Welcome to the Take Uncommon Action Podcast. I am your host, Brady Oakey from Brady Oak Fitness, founder of Tua, a training brand and fitness community focused on standing out from the crowd and taking action in our daily lives. Roll the intro. What's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of the Tua Cast. So today we have, at this point, I, I think it's safe to say you're a regular here at the Tua Cast. This is at least two, if not. I think this is number three. Three, I think yeah. This is number three, yeah. Uh, Nate Blackwell is with us today, and he's going to help us talk about a bunch of important things. So, um, Nate, let's let's remind them who you are. Give a little introduction to you and why we know each other. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm been with with team Tua for going on what like four years oh my now? gosh wait where are we i think like three years is it three years or four years 20 it was 2019 kind of 2019 started 2020 so i think we're like a little over three years yeah well crazy getting closer to yeah three and a half and og right so met at summer shredding you know in 2019 just really liked the vibe of the team started coaching um you know with brady originally not with brady though i was mm-hmm. actually a client of one of his old partners and then, you know, switched over when the whole company switched to Tua. But yeah, just <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah, here we are. I mean, you guys know, I mean, you guys, you guys know everything about me pretty much. I mean, from yeah. the last, the last time we were, we were here. Yeah. I mean, you can see this transformation over the last three years has been pretty incredible. Um, something that's unique about Nate is how open he is with his PED use. So he's very transparent about it. He makes a lot of content about it. That's what a majority of your YouTube, YouTube channel is about, which is pretty cool. Um, and it definitely has helped with like your progress right. <laughs> when it comes oh, to bodybuilding. You know, so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's helped me a ton. It, it's been a fun, it's been fun to see kind of like how I've, transformed not only body wise that's obviously the most fun part Mm -hmm. (laughs) but just mentally and you know emotionally and things like that while while being on these pds like my girlfriend the other day was telling me she was like your voice has changed i don't (laughs) notice it but when i a little bit yeah yeah, i've noticed yeah like when i when i go back and watch old videos even old videos on youtube and stuff i'm like yeah, my voice is 100% gotten a puberty. little bit. Yeah, finally. It's crazy. <laughs> Grew a beard. Like, since the last time I was on here, that's something new. Grew a beard. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> like, never been able to do that before. Yeah, uh, and we are actually in Houston right now. So, um, the, the I guess the unique thing about being in Houston is that is where we met. Summer Shredding at Alpha Elite Gym, if you know, you know. And then now, obviously, it's Alpha Land. But... We come here, dude, at this point, we come here probably like three times a year for summer shredding, for everything, and you just moved here to do uh, a job that you got here, so that's pretty cool. You'll be around the whole Alpha Elite gang, which is a very positive vibe to be around, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's uh, kind of a culture shock, you know, coming from South Carolina, where nobody does anything like this. <laughs> and it's actually kind of funny, because, you know, we recently, we have started to see it trickle a little bit into some of the gyms that we would go to. But it's definitely still very small compared to the western part of the country. Yeah, um, it's it's happening though. Even like I think it's a small town thing, honestly. Or like even even if you're not from a small town, but like that vibe. Because mm-hmm. in Idaho, I remember Maddie and I were 
like the first people ever to show up to the gym and like be taking photos filming um she was the first girl there to be wearing like matching sets and sports mm-hmm. bras and it was for whatever reason extremely taboo mm-hmm. and uh that's just how people are i think like i think that's similar to where you were and then and then we come to alpha land and it's like <laughs> everybody's like that <laughs> just a whole new world you know like you can't go five feet without tripping on a tripod and everyone's styling it up at the gym right. it's a it's a fashion show every single time you show up which i think is cool <laughs> it, it's funny because yeah like you know where we're from you have occasionally you'll see a guy that wears you know an athlete shirt or, or whatever and it's like oh man that's cool but then you come here and everybody's wearing them <laughs> and you know you're kind of used to i hate this toot my own horn but like <laughs> you're used to being like the biggest guy in the gym you're yeah. used to being like the most well-dressed and like the most almost fashionable mm-hmm. you come here and you're like yeah i have no idea what fashion is i'm so behind it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah so, if your jays aren't over 500 then like what are you doing right. stepping into right. the gym <laughs> it, it's it's a good place to be though it is uh i'm excited for nate because he's going to be here for a while now and get to kind of like soak in this atmosphere i mean there's a reason we come here right right so but um i i want to transition so this podcast episode we have a a a very specific purpose behind this episode uh we have a lot of exciting things that are happening in tua right now um we're going to be announcing some some newer things in this podcast that are coming up here and you guys podcast listeners get to be probably i think the first to hear it um, so let's, let's backtrack real quick because <laughs> dude, there's been so much going on with Tua yeah. this year alone and, and we have some launches coming up and stuff like that, but already it's been, um, a month and a half into 2023 and we've already un- unleashed a lot of different things, different, um, you know, challenges, right. things like that. Uh, the uncommon 60, which I believe we've talked about before on a podcast, um, and, and you're doing the uncommon 60. Mm-hmm. So how's that going for you so far? So it actually, I actually started a little bit early before January 1st because I knew that when the move started, uh, it was going to be very difficult to keep up with a lot of that stuff. So uh, I've stuck to everything that I promised myself I would stick to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I've, I've may not have done as much as I want. So for instance, I, I finished a book in three or four weeks. So I was like, sweet, this is awesome. Then I got a new book and it was a lot, much harder to read, (laughs) much more over my head. And it was, it's, it's harder to read, you know, 10 or 12 pages. I have to really slow down and like try to digest what the, what the guy's talking about. Uh, you know, I've, I've stuck to my cardio goals. I've stuck to my workout goals. I've been taking the the transformation pictures, you know, usually I text them to you. Yeah. Right. Right. But yeah, I mean, it, it's all been going fairly well. The diet has been good. It's it's never gone crazy or, you know, over or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it is much harder when you are. So the job that I was doing before was I was on the road. I traveled. Yeah, that's so that's I didn't like I had to eat where the team wanted to eat. And of course, I would eat grilled chicken and I would eat shrimp and things like that. But it's never the same as cooking it at home. Mm-hmm. Usually it's going to be have butter all over it you can ask for no oil but they're probably still going to put oil on it you know so that was hard but i stuck to it ate a ton of chipotle (laughs) i've probably had chipotle uh, chipotle and chick-fil-a that's that's how you survive bro for sure um but yeah i mean i 
I stuck to it really well. I, I really enjoy it because it's given me structure. And now that I'm in a place where I'm not going to be traveling for work, I'm going to be home every night. It's going to make it much easier to, to, especially for like the reading, meditation, journaling, stuff like that is really going to be, it's helped me not only to stick to the goal and write down my goals every single day, but it's also, it's nice to be in a routine. Mm-hmm. It, it sucks when you're out of your routine because it's, it, and like, that's kind of how I feel right now. You know, we were talking about this yesterday, but being out of a routine after you move, it takes you probably like two, three weeks to really get into that routine. And I'm kind of in that like, yeah, that, that in between weird, on the fence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's always annoying for sure. You know, you know, what's really funny about <laughs> the uncommon 60. <laughs> so the, the actual rule for the reading portion was meant to be read for at least 10 minutes. And then I don't know if it was myself or someone else on the team that made this mistake. I guess either way, it's my fault for not double checking. But at some point in the content, it turned into read 10 pages, Mm -hmm. uh, which was not how it was meant to be. (laughs) I specifically didn't want it to be read 10 pages because then it's more about just like finishing 10 pages Mm -hmm. rather than like getting something out of it. I mean, literally, the, the books I've been reading, especially the book I'm reading right now, it's the type of book where I could only read maybe like four pages in that 10 minutes, but I'm like stopping and like thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted out of this challenge. So that's kind of funny. Um, I guess at the end of the day, right. It's extreme ownership. It's my fault. I should, I should have triple checked everything, but next year for sure. We'll, we'll fix that one. It wasn't, it's not necessarily that like the, when I say 10 pages, like that's just, normally about what I read in the t- before there, I start there to are get... other people that are like I read my 10 pages oh, and I'm really? like oh, okay. oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm right. just not gonna say anything. right right <laughs> well I just I, you know I actually enjoy reading I usually do it at night before I go to bed and mm-hmm. like allows my brain to calm down that's when I do it you know yeah. and it, it just it has worked really well for me I know mm-hmm. you know some people like to do it in the mornings when they first wake up which is nice but for me, I want to get up and get breakfast in and all that good stuff. By the time I get breakfast in, it's you know time for me to go to the gym or whatever. Mm-hmm. So nighttime just works really well for me. <clears throat> but I, I struggle sometimes to stay focused in the book unless it's pertaining particularly to something, like something that's hurting me or, or you know, whatever, mm-hmm. that's affecting me. So the money, the, the, I read a book about making money um, at the first of the year. And that one was really, really hitting home because I was moving across halfway across the country to literally New go job. make, yeah, yeah, to go make money. So it was really hitting home. But then this new book that I'm reading is, like I said, it's, it's very much more philosophical mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's, a thinker. It's, it's deep, it's deep <laughs> and it's really good. It's just much harder to di- digest. So I'm not going to be able to read 10 to 12 pages. I'm only going to get in four pages, but I'm going to have to read really slow and probably go back and reread a couple pages yeah. just because I'll lose, I'll just lose that. <laughs> I'll yeah. float off into somewhere else thinking about, you know, I'll read a sentence and I'll be like, Oh man, that pertains to this. <laughs> and I'm still reading, but I'm thinking about something completely hey, so different. Be it, you know, it's like the magic of reading a book doesn't happen when you close the last page, you know, right. it's, it's like that process During, of reading yeah. and the thoughts that mm-hmm. you have. And that's, that's why I really like, um, my favorite part of the uncommon 60 challenge is probably the meditation, which is, I'll be honest, I've never been someone that's been into meditation. I've, I've liked the idea of it, but I never really knew how, and I probably still don't know how, but, uh, that 10 minutes of meditation or prayer or journaling, it's, you kind of get to choose which one has been really good. I've chosen personally to do prayer and then with the leftover time I'll meditate. So I might meditate for two minutes. I might meditate for eight minutes, whatever it is. 
something about that though, man, it's like really sharpened my mind mm-hmm. and given me just a set apart time to think and relax. And, and I'll tell you what I do. Um, I, I don't know if other people do this who do meditate, but during my meditation, it, it's all about positivity. So something I, I think about is when I take in a breath, I think about positivity, goodness, um, like stronger belief systems. I think about those things, like literally like coming into my my lungs, you know, like breathing that in. And then when I exhale, I think about self doubt. I think about lack of confidence. I think about, you know, um, anything negative at all, anything, um, doubts, fears, anxieties, whatever. And I think about exhaling all of those out. And so when you do that for like five, 10 minutes, you, you feel pretty good at the end of it. You're like, wow, I'm good. And that's right. a good way to start or end your day, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I I would agree fully. I, I've been <laughs> watching a lot of uh, stuff about stress mitigation lately because I've been super stressed with the move and with other things that have been going on in my life. So I've just been really stressed about it. And so there was one thing where it talked about like a breathing exercise where you breathe in as deep as you can and then you hold it for a second and you, you take like a little like a little bit deeper breath and you let it out slow and it's amazing how much it relaxes you and you know mm. that takes all of 20 30 seconds mm-hmm. you know so doing that over and over again would just i couldn't imagine it being but to be honest with you i've been so busy the past month and a half that it's just been i, I when i sit down my mind just races to a thousand places yeah you know it's what do i got to do today oh totally and that's that's where the, the, the to-do list came in big for me because I write down in the mornings, you know, I sit down, that's like my meditation time. I mm-hmm. sit down and I think, okay, what do I need to get done today? Yeah. I write it all down and it just, it's so weird how calming it is. Oh. It's so calming to write down your list and yeah. say, okay, it's not as much because you think there's a lot, but it's really not. You got six things you got to do today. Like six things is not that much. You can really knock that out in two hours if you had nothing else going on, you know. So it's 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 helped me a ton to really focus in and, and stay focused on what I want to do. Well, people are weighed down by anxieties and stresses and they don't understand. It's like, well, what can we do about that? Like like you're saying, like write it down. Like say, mm-hmm. I'm going to get these three things done today. It doesn't have to be 30 things. It can right. be three things. You get those three things done. You wake up the next day. You're like, wow. I'm, I'm further along now. Mm-hmm. And then you can take on the next three things. I learned that lesson, um, specifically 2017. I remember perfectly. I was like, yeah. wow, if I make a to-do list and do the things on that to-do list, I, I get things done. I get things done. <laughs> I progress. This is insane. And, uh, I realized though people struggle though, because they, number one, don't make a list. And number two, don't do the things on the list when they do make the list mm-hmm. kind of, <laughs> it's like so obvious, right? right. Low hanging fruit, yeah. but we don't do it. It's unfortunate. Well, there has been times where I have not gotten everything done on the list. I mean, hey, it'll happen. You know, it does. And and the thing is, I actually sometimes purposefully list things out that I know I probably will not get done today. The reason I do that, though, is for one thing, it reminds me, okay, you need to, you know, this is still relevant in your life. So, for instance, I'm taking my PT certification right now, Mm -hmm. trying to get personal training certified, right? And that school is not hard. You just got to sit in front of your computer, iPad, whatever, and watch videos and read and, you know, retain a little bit of information. But it's when you're worried about moving, you have work, you know, I have a son, 
things like that kind of gets just pushed further and further down the list. But it's so rewarding when I do sit down and, and do a little bit of school and I get three or four chapters done and I'm like, wow, that feels so <laughs> freaking good. Like, you know, I'm, yeah. that's, I'm, I'm a step closer to, you know, reaching that goal. So mm-hmm. that's been, that's been really fun. It, it is really fun. It's so like, I have a checklist. I love it. It feels so <laughs> Bro, checking those to, things yeah, off a list, check man. Them off. Oh my god! And gosh. you know, it's been big things this past month. It's been signing my lease. It's been getting electricity. It's been renting the moving truck, like <laughs> drive those, to yes. Texas. Like those things are, <laughs> it's not like, Hey, remind to do the, like do the laundry today. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's much more. That's what's been so stressful. Yeah. But it's super fun to check those things off the list. Yeah, there's uh, there's something really special about just this conversation in general because Tua this year, I think one of the, the biggest goals with Tua this year has been about establishing a deeper, more meaningful culture. So that was already something that was very special about Tua was our culture. And I mean, that's the, the vibe um, that we get and the feedback we get from our guys is how our culture really is meaningful. It means something. My goal is to even deepen that further and go beyond anything that we've really seen before, because at the end of the day, we're a coaching brand, but we are so much more than that. Um, so things like uncommon 60 things like focusing on progressing and other aspects of life. That is a huge part of what I think being uncommon is all about, you know, really having your life together and having a clear vision of who you're trying to become and, and a game plan of how to become it. And obviously that starts when you start taking uncommon action. Right. Um, so, so I love this. I love uncommon 60. I love the other things we're pushing out this year. Um, one thing that we just released, um, when was that a week ago, two weeks ago? I don't know. Two weeks ago. The Academy. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been, I've been working on it for like five months. So, uh, we released the Tua Academy officially and the Tua Academy. I want to hear first of all, okay. I I know what it is. Obviously I made it (laughs) from, from your perspective. If someone asked you what the Tua Academy is is what would you say so in my mind it is just a tool so it is a tool you're a tool (laughs) that is so true it's just a really great tool like um for instance you know i've been i've been doing this whole bodybuilding thing been working with tua for going on three years almost four years you know going on four years and you know if i would have had this when i first started when I first started bodybuilding, it would have changed the trajectory, you know, of my bodybuilding career, especially at the beginning, because I had no idea what I was doing. To me, it is just it is a it is a guide to not only being really good at bodybuilding, but just being really good at life, period. And then it helps with everything else. It helps with like um, for instance, when I was when I was first coming up, I was super scared about like foods. You know, mm-hmm. what foods do I cook? How do I cook them? How do you prepare? What are macros? How to all, all that stuff is in there. Yeah, it teaches you how to take care of yourself. It's a shortcut. Yes, you know? it it really is. It's it's literally like a if you do these things, you will be a good bodybuilder. It's it's just know? that like it, it, it's a, a database of just truth, right? So it's like because I'm, I'm the same way. I'm like, man, if I had something like this back in the day, I wouldn't have wasted a decade of my lifting career and fitness journey, just doing a bunch of crap and trying to figure out what works, you know? And the thing is stuff like this might exist, but it's, it comes with a price, a big price, usually thousand bucks or more. And, uh, so we created this, we're like, man, let's just create this thing that we could sell 
for a thousand bucks and then let's just make it free for everyone, <laughs> which uh, and I, that, I love. Right. And that's the thing. I think that speaks to Tua's ultimate ultimate underlying culture. Spread it's, value yeah, like wildfire. Exactly. It's so valuable, but it's not about the money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about the money. It's about changing people's lives mm-hmm. and helping them to achieve their goals. Yeah. If, if people want to pay us, I mean, we, we coach, right? They can hire us as a coach. They can pay us. It's good to be bought in, right? But something like this so valuable, it's like, it's the least we could do. It's the least we could do to prove, hey, Tua is special. We are here to, like I said, spread value like wildfire, get the truth out there. Um, we're going to be adding to the Academy as well. So to summarize, the Academy is a video course. You have free access to it. Everyone does. This isn't a limited time thing. This is free access for everyone forever. We'll be adding to it. We currently have a training module, nutrition module, frequently asked questions, some freebies. We will be adding to it as we go, uh, as we get more feedback Gotta get a PED. Um, <laughs> hey, we'll see about that. Uh, we, we, I think, you know, I'll give you guys a little sneak peek. I think we are going to do a bodybuilding uh, module specifically, like specifically com- how to compete and things like that. I think that'd be really good. And that was an idea of one of our team members that um, I love that idea. So we'll be adding to it, but it's just so cool because it's all free, man. It's like 45 plus videos, 45 plus transcripts, right. um, you know, go at your own pace, soak it in and learn and apply it, you know? And in my mind, it's a very good structural base for Mm -hmm. anybody. You know, if you're wanting to get into bodybuilding, let's say right now somebody listening to this is 16, 17 years old. You know, you can't necessarily, you know, you you work part-time at Zaxby's on the weekends. You make 150 bucks every two weeks. Okay, cool. You may not can afford a really good quality coach. First off, don't go hire a cheap coach. We don't have to get into all that, but don't Mm -hmm. go hire a cheap coach. But, you know, you can't afford necessarily maybe a, a really expensive coach right now or a really good coach right now. Use this as a base to get your basics down perfectly and then springboard off of that into when you're coming into your 21, 22 and you're starting to want to get into competitions, springboard into that. And, you know, to me, it's just, it's just like the steps that you got to take before you, you – become a bodybuilder. And I'm thinking about it from a bodybuilding standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously this is great for the mom that needs help with and her any nutrition lifestyle. Right. Really. Any, you yeah, know, exactly. It's definitely, it's definitely pointed towards the type of person that comes to Tua. you know, but it is for everyone. Right. Which is the goal. Uh, and, and, you know, we create a bodybuilding module that might not be for you. That's fine. Most of the people that come through Tua are lifestyle people. It's probably 75, 80%. Um, and then, you know, it, there's no secret though, that we have our origins in bodybuilding. That's uh, a key part of, yeah, of our origin story, which is cool. I think that's awesome. But this is for everyone, and it, it's very exciting. Uh, and we have other things too. You know, we have something coming out really soon um, called the Uncommon Code. I'll just touch on it a little bit, but you can expect that. Um, I think March twentieth is the deadline for that. I'll have to check with everyone else, but the uncommon code is coming out again. This is another way for us to just drive and push forward our culture. Um, it's essentially a belief system. It's a belief system that summarizes what it means to be part of the uncommon breed and, um, to live this lifestyle that we're pushing. I'm very excited for that. So be on the lookout for that. And then finally, after a a long, long wait, (laughs) long, long, long wait, dude, I wanted this launch to happen in 
November. I was gonna say November, yeah. I think and it just, it just wasn't right, you know. It wasn't right. Uh, I, I was out of the country quite a bit. It would have been really hard. It would have been tough to to get the content right. With yeah, you out of the country, and, and that's literally just a small part of it too. But it's like once you're in November, now you're competing with Black Friday. Once you're in December, now you're competing with Christmas. Christmas. Yep. Once you're in January, everyone's dirt poor because they just spent all their money <laughs> on Christmas, and and some you know New Year's resolutions and whatnot. So we waited for this one, but we have a launch guys. We have a launch. Super excited about this one too. T-shirt and a hat coming out. Uh, you guys probably be the first to hear from this too, actually. Yeah. I'm trying to think. It depends when Clark gets this podcast ready, but, um, this launches in what date is it, dude? I think like it's the 14th is it's Valentine's day. Oh, it's Valentine's day guys. <laughs> Happy Valentine's day. Uh, this launch is in th- two and a half weeks. Wow. <laughs> two yeah. and a half weeks. And, uh, it, okay, first of all, I mean, you can't see us unless this is on a reel. Then you can see us. The, these things are dope. We're wearing the shirts right now. But yeah. it, that is, this is called the Adversity Collection. And as always to a tradition, there's definitely some meaning behind this launch. And I, I won't lie. It's a lot of personal meaning to me. Um, that's where I drive a lot of this inspiration for these launches from is little everything you know things that have happened in my past or things that inspire me or whatever it is I I put all that inspiration and I put it into something that people can get behind and that people can vibe with and and relate to um the 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 key (laughs) I guess the 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 style of the shirt I don't know what else to call it there's a dragon on it you can't dra- beat a dragon. The dragon's pretty cool. Yeah, you can't beat a dragon. I mean, come on. Like, everyone's, <laughs> you know, you got the, I don't know, wolves. You got all these animals. Lions. Bro, a dragon. It, it beats them all. Mop, yeah, mops them all. It beats them all. There's a reason, though. So, I'm going to get into the story now. We're going to go into story time. The reason for this launch, the inspiration behind this launch, and why there's a dragon on it. <laughs> so, the dragon, which is red on the t-shirt and the hat. It represents the Welsh dragon. If I don't know how well you know um, your 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 Welsh history, your Welsh <laughs> history, but most people don't know Wales is a country. First of all, I was about to say yeah. Uh, That's yeah. let's start there. So there's this country called Wales. I hope I have some Welsh friends listening to this, and they're like, "F you guys," <laughs> and hey, trust me, I understand. Uh, Wales is a small section of Great Britain slash the UK. Uh, it's connected literally by land to England. It's like a, if you got, if you looked at England on a map and you just cut a chunk of it off, that's Wales. Not a big country, but very, very beautiful country. Very mountainous. It's kind of mysterious. I love it. And actually I, I lived there for a short period of time, about six months. And, um, when I was, how old was I? Like 19 or something like that. And yeah, I, I love Wales. I have a, a, there's a special place in my heart for Wales, but the reason why I like Wales and kind of explain the story more is that was probably like the hardest period of time in my life. If I were to look at like the hardest six months of my life out of the last 28 years I've been alive, I think about Wales and, um, you know, I could go into stories and stories and stuff like that. I guess I will, you know what? I will go. (laughs) You might as well go for it. Okay. So a lot of people don't know. I was actually a Christian missionary. Um, and I went on a volunteer two year mission that I paid for. Um, out of high school, I just felt drawn to it. I decided like, I don't know, six to 12 months before that I was going to do this, that that was kind of my life path I wanted to go to. I decided to graduate high school semester early so I could 
work and prepare and, and pay for it. And I went over there to essentially just assist the church, serve people, service projects, talk to people, answer questions, whatever, uh, just Christian missionary work. And um, this is interesting because you, you, you think of, of England, right? You, you would imagine a Christian nation um, like Great Britain, they have the Church of England. Um, the, the queen is, she's not a, a state figure. She's actually a church figure, mm-hmm. which is interesting. She's the head of the Church of England. Right. RIP. I should say the king now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, it, it's traditionally a, a religious nation, Great Britain. But there I, I got the most, um, abuse would be a good word, I would say prejudice um what i don't know what i don't know discrimination i would say discrimination yeah um just religion yeah just religious discrimination people hated me uh and they they hated me a lot and it was to the point like i literally know because like if you know me like there's reasons i i hate racism i hate people looking down on people who are different and stuff and it's because i've experienced it very firsthandedly probably worse than most people actually I can say with confidence worse than most people for whatever reason in my little town in Wales, I couldn't go a single hour without something happening, getting spat at getting drinks thrown at me out of people's cars while they drive by us, um, getting publicly mocked and laughed at. It was a very difficult time. And like, I'm not talking about like that happened four or five times. I'm saying like that happened a hundred times, like, probably minimum a hundred times every day for the entire time. It was a very, very hard time in my life. And, um, what I learned from it though, is it actually made me such a stronger person. And, and I, I really mean that. I think it, it can be almost a cliche to say like, Oh, like the hard times make you stronger or hard times make you tougher but seriously though <laughs> it really did when i think of whales now there's part of me that maybe holds a little resentment and anger towards these people because right. they don't know me but they were doing that to me just because i was different than them and it bothers me so much but at the same time i think about like how much like who i became is a good way to put it who i became during that period of time um so there's this old Welsh saying, this phrase that goes, adversity brings knowledge. And that is the basis of this collection that we came out with. This t-shirt and this hat with a big red dragon on it <laughs> represents Wales. It represents the phrase, adversity brings knowledge. And to me, it represents what I went through, through my time there, the lessons I learned, the wisdom I gained. Uh, and it's just a reminder that no matter what the hard times you go through, um, you can drive knowledge, wisdom from those times. So that's the purpose behind it, man. That's I actually love time. that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's because I mean, I've had my own trials and tribulations, if you mm-hmm. want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily uh, voluntarily. <laughs> that's the funny thing about adversity. Yeah. You know, sometimes we don't get to. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you don't vote. get to choose. And yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's, it's you're voluntold. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, I've definitely had my my ups and downs with that. And it's, it's been interesting. You know, we were having a conversation this morning, you know, around, around religious, you know, things, but it's, it's pretty interesting to watch how, how God can take a adverse moment in your life to where you think you're at your bottom, where you think you're at, 
your lowest moment ever. Sometimes you are, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. The, Sometimes you really I mean, are. I'll be honest. You know, you know my background. Yeah, yep. You know there are mm -hmm. points in my life where I was at the lowest, mm -hmm. lowest of the low. Mm -hmm. And to the point where suicidal thoughts crossed my mind, things like that. And to see how that affected my thought process going forward, the decisions that I made, things that I've done, Without those ad, uh, adverse times, I would not have, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't know you because I started working at a gym. I met a guy named Quan. Shout out to Quan Lee. He's probably not listening to this podcast, <laughs> but shout out to Quan Lee. Love you, dog. Um, met him. He was wearing a live fit shirt of all things. Throwback. Throwback. I said, man, I like that shirt. Cool. Went and looked up, looked it up, found their little website or whatever, bought a t-shirt from them, started hang talking to Quan. He'd walk in the, he came into the gym every day at the same time, talked to him, started talking about, oh man, have you ever seen like this YouTube guy, Christian Guzman? He's awesome. Max, Max Tuning, he's, they're awesome. Watch him. Watch them. Watch their summer shredding. Started getting really motivated. I want to lose weight. I was kind of chubby. <laughs> I'll be honest, mm -hmm. 240 plus. Um, and yeah, it, it, that has shaped my entire. So out of the adverse moment, mm -hmm. it forced me to get a job when I was 23 years old, making $9 and 25 cents an hour at a planet fitness. But I ended up meeting through that. And through all of that, I ended up meeting some of my best friends doing some of the coolest things that I've ever done. Stepping on stage, what I never in my life would have thought I would be doing. I, I now do, I'm living in Houston. I would not be living in Houston if it wasn't for that. Like there are so many things that happen for a reason and they have completely changed the trajectory of my life. Guys, I wanted to be an ER nurse. Ooh. <laughs> I wanted to be an ER nurse. Could you imagine me being an ER nurse? You'd be, be like, why did you crash your bike like, and you, stab your abdomen you with idiot. your bike? Why did you just not do it? Yeah, dude, come on, man. Why? I would just, I would be like, why are you riding a motorcycle? period. You're an idiot. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely do not, I should not be an ER nurse. I would not like, I would have probably have enjoyed it. And I love the medical field still. And I love all things to do with medicine, obviously, you know, with my PD background and stuff like that. I, I love learning about medical Steroids things. Steroids are medicine. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, it, it's, it's, literally changed the entire the entire trajectory of of my life like it's cool you can it's almost like a map you can go back to those moments and be like okay because of that this 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 100 this, this, and then you see where you're at right now you know um and and there's two ways to look at this because i'm a believer i say this a lot it's one of my favorite quotes your decisions determine your destiny and that's true but that doesn't that doesn't ignore the fact that life uh has an kind of its own way of doing things sometimes and things can happen to you that weren't necessarily your decision right and when those happen there's still ways to flip the script though and, and and get better out of it i've i've seen so much because i think naturally growing up i was very insensitive i mean this is just one example of many but i was very insensitive especially when i started to date and get serious with my relationship with maddie and eventually got married i noticed that was one of my biggest weaknesses is that I'm not sensitive enough. And I see now how women, especially Maddie for me has helped me become a better man in that regards. But also like I was saying, it's like, 
how um, I, how I lacked empathy towards people going through tough times or people specifically who are different than us, um, whatever that is. You know, we have tons of problems in the world with that. Um, and we've always had problems in the world with that. But now I can see through their eyes because it's like I know what it's like to be the, the different person. The that outside, gets, the that, outsider. That gets very, like, brutally um, discriminated against. And... Um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely made me just better in all aspects. It's also, it helps me be more firm in who I am. It's, believe it or not, because during that time I was, I became very angry and insecure mm-hmm. at what I was doing. Um, it was very frustrating. I felt, <laughs> I felt because I was there to represent, you know, God essentially like that's it was going to be great I in my head I'm I'm serving God and, and I, I need to I need to see people differently I need to see them as as God's children and stuff but when they're laughing at you and like getting it's in hard. your face and you want to punch them in the face really bad I don't know how I didn't like truly I don't know how I didn't get kicked out of that country and like or jailed or something truly it's a miracle but like bro it taught me though it taught me and it taught me to be uh, really secure with who I am because nowadays I am different. I do things a little bit different. I mean, I could go as, as silly as that. I don't, I don't swear. Right. And it's like, <laughs> it's like people are like, why dude, you're an adult. But it's like, in my head, it's funny. Cause it's like, honestly, I don't care what you think because unless you're going to start spitting at me and laughing at me in public places and throwing your drinks at me and like, you can't hurt doing me. these things. It's like, you got nothing, you know, <laughs> like right. I, I'm very, I'm okay with, with who I am and, and why I do things the way I do things. But it's, it's all because of that though. Right. You know? Hey guys, I quickly wanted to remind you about a premium online coaching service available on our website at takeuncommonaction.com. Stand out from the crowd and achieve your fitness goals by joining the team. Now back to the podcast. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, what, what's crazy, you know, I, we talk about we personally, you know, off camera, whatever, off, off the mics, whatever, we talk about my dad a lot, but my dad is, that is 100% how he is. He is firm. Now his beliefs may not necessarily be right, you know, and we've talked about some of the ones where he, I'm, <laughs> he's a little iffy, that's for sure. Mm. But the thing is, is he, he has, firm, he has firm. shown me and it's been kind of cool because I, I never really knew anybody personally, really closely that was like that until I met you. Oh, the girls are home. <laughs> That's all right. They might hear a little but door open in the background. It's been really interesting to see how you guys, how you and him are similar. Obviously, you think two completely different ways, mm-hmm. but he is dead set on the way that he thinks. You are, I don't want to say dead set on the way that you think, but you have supreme confidence in the way that you find a solution to things. Does that make sense? Which I, I and I'm taking, I'm taking that, and trying to implement that in my own life. And it's very hard for me because I am very close-minded. I, I was raised that way for one thing, but I'm very close-minded to most things. But he, the past three years, I've really tried to open my mind to different things. And that's the reason I want to travel so bad. You know, I Dude. want to travel so bad because you, you don't know until you get out there and you experience those things. You know what I mean? Until you see Absolutely. Yeah. what other people are going through. You know, mm-hmm. and, and seeing that they that there are other people in the world that aren't <laughs> just Americans, you know, yeah. or, or either s- Southern Americans, you know, because yeah, yeah. most of the time people that are raised where I was raised, 
never leave. They never see anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when even just going to Arizona, you know what I mean? Going to Arizona and seeing the difference in culture, if that makes sense. Yeah. The difference in, you know, it blew my mind. I was like, wow, there are people in the same country as me that think 100% different the way that I think. Mm-hmm. Or they think, you know, they live on the other opposite in the country and they think the exact same way that I think it, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. You know, when you, when you get to travel the world and you get to, you know, I haven't traveled the world, but when you get to even just travel a little bit <laughs> outside of your state, it's, it's cool. Can, to see that. can confirm it's the same traveling internationally. Right. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm sure. Yeah. It, it, uh, it's, it's great. It kind of humbles you a little bit to see how big the world is and how you're not that special. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I think, I think too, though, that, that might be an issue is that, when you grow up your whole life thinking I am special, you know what I mean? But then it's, it's really hard to accept that you're not. It's real for it's me, I, for yeah. me specifically, it is very hard to, and that's why I struggle with, you know, like, uh, with other things, you know, doing with, with social media and all that other stuff. It's like, dude, that guy's not, not bigger than me. How does he have a hundred thousand followers, you know, or whatever. It's kind of like you're it's, it's okay. It's all right to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just comment down. Like, it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. And that's something that it's hard to learn for me. It's hard to accept, not learn. It's hard for me to accept that I'm not going to be the next great NBA. It was really tough hey, when I was in like, man, you still have time. You still have <laughs> yeah. eligibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like it was really hard for me when I, I, you know, like we were talking about the other day, um, being a receiver, you know, <laughs> like I wanted to be a receiver in the eighth grade. So freaking bad. Uh-huh. But then you step on the field and you, against, actual people who are real receivers and you're like i'm definitely not one of those <laughs> well, I, I like that because it's like i mean what is what is failure you know if you fail to make it to the nba or you fail to be a wide receiver whatever are you really failing because um i really believe this i know there's a lot of people that say this but like you you can't fail if you don't quit and it's like those failures are they not just adversities you know are they are they not just chances again for us to overcome and it might take you down a new path, right? Exactly. I, I can think about, I, dude, I was totally the kid that was dreaming about being in the NFL someday or the Olympics, especially. I wanted to go to the Olympics. I was, I was a big track kid. I did track right. for nine years of my life. And at some point I was uh, not, I was too white and I was too short to run the 100 meter dash in under 10 seconds, like real <laughs> Olympians. But um, it's like all that did though was just push me down a different path of lifting weights. And I fell in love with that. And then, well, you know, bodybuilding. It, yeah. Like, that's the cool thing about adversity. It doesn't necessarily have to come in a super traumatic way. We face it all the time, you know? Yeah. Right. So, you know, adversity comes in and I struggle, I struggle with this personally, but adversity comes when you're in the car and somebody cuts you off and you want (laughs) to get out and fight them and you don't. And you know, like, like my car right now doesn't have a horn. And I think that is a blessing in disguise for everybody else in the road. Because if I had a horn, I would be using it all the time. Everyone would know that Nate <laughs> Every, has a horn. Everyone would know Nate Blackwell's car because it's mm-hmm. going to be blowing the horn at you. Yeah. Especially here in Houston because drivers are whack. But That is true. But yeah, I, that's that's the cool thing about adversity though is it doesn't always have to, like I said, be a, a super traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. It can be just a, a realization that you're not as special as you thought you were going to be. You know, you're not six foot seven and can 
throw down windmill dunks. So yeah, you're probably not gonna make the NBA. So what are you gonna do now? Yeah, that's exactly. the important part. <laughs> is what are you going to Amen. do now? Most people are would either quit and then fail, and because, then, exactly, because and that's quit. true failure. Mm-hmm. When you quit, you fail. But for for some people, they're like, okay, well, I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take this competitiveness that I've always had this this drive and this energy that I've always had I'm going to put it into something that maybe I can be good at mm-hmm. you know whether that be a job whether that be a career whether that be your kids whether you know and that's a whole other story no, I'm not saying like project yourself into your kids <laughs> I'm saying like you know High expectations right yeah <laughs> no, no I'm saying like you know I'm talking more about like being the best father parent you can right. be um or even going and doing something like for instance in my case i chose to start lifting weights Mm -hmm. and fell in love with it and then you know that all kind of trickled down into where i'm at now and now that what's crazy is i could be a professional athlete like legitimately you know with enough time and with enough training and with enough care discipline and everything else it's possible it's way more possible than me making the nba i can promise you, you know, that i might not make it to the olympics but i could make it to the olympia, olympia which you is know what i'm saying the cooler of the two probably in won't happen opinion. but in my opinion that's the cooler <laughs> of the two uh you know a gold medal in the olympics with on the world stage pretty insane but it's cool but it's just the sport that you're doing like okay cool you have a gold medal in badminton who cares <laughs> Who cares, bro? Uh, throw shade at my favorite sport. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so there, what's crazy? I'm sorry, I'm getting a little off topic, but I we were I was driving to Walmart the other day. They have a badminton arena. Oh, dude, I know. I've I've seen it here. Yeah, I was Watch like Max tuning. He, he yeah, I know. I was like, wh- it must it had to be the same one. I'm there's sure. no way there's, there's two no, of them <laughs> in the same nah, city. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, not. I was like, what? There is a badminton, like a legitimate huge and it's not small it is like a giant gym for badminton Bro, I'm that you, is pickleball hilarious in, a, in a, like place like arizona um southern utah probably florida pickleball bro is that the one in the glass k like where no, you're that's that's a uh, paddle which paddle is okay. like really popular in spain and and other parts of europe but it's it's very similar i bet pickleball will be an olympic sport to be honest but bodybuilding will never be unfortunately yeah, it'd be natural. Well, I was about to say it's because you, yeah, well, right. But uh, speaking of, of of bodybuilding, though, it's like that's the perfect example of putting yourself in adversity uh, on purpose, which I'm a, a proponent for, and Tua is as well. That's actually very similar to one of the things um, with the Uncommon Code that's coming out in a month or so. We talk a little bit about that, but bodybuilding uh and and lifting in general right it's like you are literally putting yourself (laughs) through pain right through hardship on purpose because you know that there's reward afterwards right so oh i i i love that because my new year's resolution goal this year was was be uncomfortable that's like my overall Mm -hmm. umbrella and it's really cool when the the quickest right way to grow is to put yourself not to get put into adversity but put yourself in an adverse situation mm-hmm. put yourself in an uncomfortable situation because then for one thing you know it's coming so you don't have to stress up you're not stressed yeah. about it you're like, but sign up. 
Right. But you get to, you get the opportunity and it's basically you versus you. Can I make it out of this adverse thing? And, and that's what's so cool about, you know, that's just, just what's cool about Tua because of the way that they – so, for instance, like Brady will put you – like this last prep, he put me in a – in some adversity when he was like, Hey, we're going to go to like 1400 calories, 90 minutes of cardio, and you're going to be on a meal plan. You can only eat these three or four ingredients. Good times. Fantastic. Loved them. Still love them. Think about them every day. Yeah. (laughs) Can't wait to be back on it. But you know, that's where you find out your true colors. That's where you find out a lot about yourself. Oh yeah. You know, and, and that's why I love, that's why I love bodybuilding. That's why I love Tua. And it's why I love, you know, just, it's honestly why I love adversity. Mm-hmm. It, it it shows you your true potential, but it also shows you who you truly are deep down. Dog, it's a it's a beautiful thing, and a lot of great people have discovered this. You know, you could look at people like David Goggins is a great example. Yeah. There, I mean, there's more people than that too. Saying all saying the same thing, they're coming to the same conclusion. It's a conclusion we've come to on our on our own. But when you are really in like the depths of the adversity you are like in the fire man that's when you find out so much about yourself you're you're, you're forced for the first time and no one does this 99.9 percent of the world has never truly had to look themselves in the eyes and and learn the truth about themselves it is a beautiful thing when you reach that when you reach that limit i remember one specific moment this is so sissy by the way but (laughs) it i will be the first to admit this is a very sissy example but very meaningful example um i was (laughs) i don't know why i did this i was i was in a major cut right i was i was cutting i've been in a deficit at this point for uh closing in on four months so i was i was i was pretty lean i was pretty shredded at this point i was pretty depleted and i decided i was gonna run a 10k which is like 6.2 miles running yuck um to some people that's like oh that's easy i do that every day to a non-runner that's kind of a lot that was actually basically at that point had matched my longest run ever and and i wasn't properly trained and uh funny enough uh in the first half mile i hurt my hip flexor (laughs) and i'll fast forward a little bit after i finished this race I could not get into my Jeep properly for two weeks. I had to literally manually lift my leg up. I could not lift my leg up because that's how bad my hip flexor hurt. And it it hurt for probably a month total. Um, So first half mile hurt my hip. And by the way, I was just doing this for fun at first. I started to do this (laughs) just for fun. I was like, I'm just going to finish. My first mile was like nine minutes. And then some around mile two or three with my hurt hip, I just got like really motivated. I don't know what it was. Uh, and there was a lot of hills. This is in Idaho, so the altitude's a bit higher too. It's it's higher than Denver, um, and I, wh- whatever reason, I just started like going a little faster. And I was checking my mile time. I got down to eight minutes, shaved off a minute, and then I got down to like seven minutes. And at, at this point, I'm flying, bro. So the last, I would say, last three miles in the hill country and stuff, I was like balls to the wall, going as hard as I could. And, uh, man, my hip hurt so bad, but whatever reason I was like, this is my moment to suffer. And I don't know what it was. I was just so drawn to it, but I had this, this moment, um, I had about half a mile left in the race, maybe, maybe three, four fourths of a mile and I'm gassed. I mean, I'm sprinting. And, uh, by the way, I passed 30 something people on the way I counted. (laughs) Um, 
at, at some point I reached the point that the wall, right? Where I was like, why am I doing this? I can just slow down. No one cares. Like I'm not going to win. I'm not this. winning nothing, the race. Nothing happens if I go hard during this race. And I kid you not, this is so sissy, but I'm, it's whatever. <laughs> I literally got emotional and this voice in my head was like, don't be scared. Like, why are you afraid of this? And I, and I, I thought like 99.9% or more of the population will never get to this wall that I'm at right now. They'll never get to experience this moment. Why be afraid of it? I'm about to find out about myself. And I kept going and, uh, I literally got emotional. I had to stop myself. Like, cause like my throat was closing up. I couldn't mm -hmm. breathe. <laughs> but in that moment I crossed the finish line. I was like, wow. You know, like I just experienced something so special. You know, I, I finally got to do that. And, and I got to reach that point again on preps on both my preps. Right. I've gotten to reach that point again. It's like that beautiful moment. It's be That's the only word that can describe it. That beautiful moment when you're in the, in the flames, bro, in the trenches, in the flames, like where no one else could go. It's just you by yourself for you, for, not for anyone else. You could stop, you could slow down, you could cheat, you could whatever. Not a single soul would know, but you would know. And, uh, when you push forward, when you, when you, when you let go of the fear and you just do it, it's just like, first of all, that moment changed my life because I'm like, wow, I'm capable of anything now. Right. I've never, I've never feared any goal since then. I'm like, I can do it. I don't care. Like, I think about like hell week, maybe seals, right? I could do it. I know I could. Right. And it's not that I would do it well. I mean, I suck at swimming. I, I would, I would suck, mm -hmm. but like, I know you can make it through it mentally. I know I, right. for a fact, I, I don't think there's anything I can't do. Like true. Right. <laughs> Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I hope to find out. I don't think there's anything that I couldn't do. Right. Like, Cause uh, that would involve me quitting. And it's like, well, I know I'm not going to do that. And if all you have to do is quit to get out, but I don't know how to quit. Then the only other thing that happens is you cross the finish line. Right. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple of scenarios that are like that. One is is pretty personal, um, you know, as far as like when I was down, down deep, you know, in that in that whole situation back in twenty, whatever it was, twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, you know, after Tennyson died, mm -hmm. like I was deep in it, and I wasn't running or anything like that, mm -hmm. but I, I came to a point where I was literally making almost to the exact number, the amount of money that covered my bills that I, that I was at the time that I was, that I was struggling with. And I remember telling myself, like, if I can make it through this, I will never ever be this, this stuck, this broke, this, you know, just crap. I would never be like this again. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, another one that I remember specifically, that one's that one's like I said, a little bit more personal and not as quite as physical. Um, but one that was physically demanding for me was at the very end of basic training when you're you know in the military for the army, anyways. You do you have different ruck marches that you do throughout your time there. You have to do different things, and the first one's I think a three k, second one's a five k, the last one I believe is either ten or twelve k. So, but you're rucking, you're so you're walking. Yeah, with heavy pack, a, boots. with a forty pound, and they weigh it. They will literally weigh <laughs> it before you go to make sure that you're actually carrying forty pounds. But it's forty pounds plus your weapon, which you know is is a M4 or whatever, 
and you're yeah you're in boots and you're in full ACU so you're in a jacket with a shirt and full pants you know tucked in so there's there's not a lot of breathing going on there but for that last one what they do is you go out and you go out for your last basically week of training real training you go out and you camp at this place out in the middle of nowhere um, very little electricity you like have one light in the bathroom that's about it you know you're sleeping in tents and what you do is the, the night before you ruck, and you don't know this, you don't know that you're doing this. You think you're going to get back on a bus and go back when you're mm-hmm. done because you went out on a bus. But you you stay up all night. You do night ops, which is basically like you, you stay up um, and you, you, you have to sneak into a, a makeshift village and you have to sneak in and capture a flag without the enemy basically seeing you. And it's kind of goofy. It's a little setup. You know, you can tell that, that – it would be really hard not to see us coming because there's 60 of us, <laughs> you know. So it, it's a little goofy, but <clears throat> you do that, and then you're like, okay, cool, we did it. It's now 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. We're going to go to sleep, wake up probably, you know, 10, 11 o'clock, get on a bus and go back to the, the barracks. No, no, no. They're like, all right, you, you go and you lay down. You may lay down for 30 minutes. You, you lay down, you get kind of comfortable, mm-hmm. and then the drill sergeant comes rushing and get the up, get, mm. get up get your gear pack it up like we're getting out of here right now like and, and you know you're kind of like you're shell-shocked so your adrenaline's pumping demoralized then, i'm sure oh yeah well i mean not really because you know you're, you're used to it by that point you're used to ah, right, being okay. woken up in the middle of the night and doing stupid things <laughs> but you don't realize that you're packing your stuff to go walk whatever it is six seven miles you're gassed you haven't eaten anything you are just dog tired. I think they give you one little like energy bar to eat before you go. And you start walking. Well, you start walking and, and it's not that bad at first. You're like, okay, well, we're just headed back. You know, it's not that big of a deal. And you know that at this point, you know that it's the 10K. Well, I remember a time where we went down for a rest. They give you like 30 second rest every, I think, two miles where you just, but all you're doing is you're pulling guard. So it it would be like if you saw a car coming up the street and you were doing a mission. So what you do is you you get down on one knee and you lay there and you everybody's facing out. You know, mm-hmm. You're protect. You're basically creating a circle so nobody can get in. And I remember I went down to a knee and kind of fell forward and I was like, this is weird. Never had this happen before and really ever since. Fell forward and could not physically pick myself back up like I was on the ground face down on the ground could not pick myself back up couldn't had a buddy luckily I was standing next to a buddy that was that was one of my only friends that was there because everybody else hated me um he was like come on black well get up he picked me up and when I got up when I stood back up I had like this rush of adrenaline and I was good I was fine you get to, you start, and the sun comes up. You know, it's middle of the night. The sun starts to come up. You realize that you're getting kind of close. And I remember I was at the very front of the line. For Somehow I got to the front of the line. And I saw the barracks, which is probably about a mile away, maybe something mm-hmm. like, or not the barracks, but you can see, like, the outline of where you're going, right. the, the, the place that you're going. I broke out in a full-on sprint. <laughs> You know, in all ACUs with my helmet on, with my weapon and a 40 pound back after rucking seven miles and being up all night, full on sprint towards this, this building. I remember getting yelled at by my drill sergeant, you better stop. And in my mind, I was like, if I stop, I'm going to 
I'm going to stop. I'm going to be <laughs> done. So I ran a mile after high, walking and literally not being able to get up, you know, miles before. And, and that was, and it's just something I remember crying when they, cause they give you your, your official, like they pin you basically, which means you're officially a soldier at that point. Once you do that, um, cause there's no other tests you have to pass. They pin you, you're drenched in sweat. I mean, my entire body was like, it looked like I jumped in a pool and they pin you and I was crying. They were playing American soldier <laughs> in this, this huge bubble <laughs> tent. And like, dude, it was so emotional for me. It was so I, like, I bawled my eyes out and this is another thing that I wanted to kind of talk about or, or wanted to, to say with that is that you have to, and it's something I still struggle with. You have to not only get through the, the adversity, you almost to be great. You have to enjoy the adversity, learn how to thrive, how to thrive in the adversity instead of just survive. Yeah, you do. And, and it's something I, like I said, I still struggle with today mm. is not, is not, yeah, not thriving in the adversity. I, yeah. I, I can make it through any adversity. I can sit through anything. I can make it through any pain. I can, but it's getting up and doing something to be progressive and, and get out of that. Or, you know, friends, like when you're in the military, obviously you can't just walk away. <laughs> um, there's no getting out of it, but to, to actually enjoy it, you know, and to actually, yeah. like you said, thrive in it and make it worthwhile. I think that's kind of the, the, uh, evolution I would consider both of us on now. Exactly what you're saying is going from that survive to thrive in adversity. Uh, which is beautiful. And I agree full heartedly. That's kind of like that separates the greats truly is, you know, exactly that, um, which I love. And I, I love this because these are examples, obviously of some physical, some mental things that we go through. That's why we do the physical things because it's something we can literally push ourselves through. Like, I don't recommend you go put yourself through emotional adversity on purpose. Don't like, you know, divorce your wife, even though you love her just to feel the pain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> let's not, let's not do that. But it's like, that's why we do the physical though. That's why we go to the gym every single day and cause pain. That's why we set hard goals that are going to be difficult to achieve, but then we do it anyway. It's like, if you can do that physically, there will be a mental uh, component to it anyway. Um, but then when we do face those times in our life, that things are rough and I've had my rough times very recently. Uh, and I think I'm going to do a podcast episode on that specifically, um, how I was doing at the end of last year, which was crazy. But like, even then I can, I can sense how everything I've prepared my life for and I've done in my life physically, whatever has helped during those tough times. Um, so I, I, I do hope that you guys enjoy this launch that we have coming up because there is a lot of meaning behind it. I know that this is a topic that most people, if not everyone can relate to, if you can't relate to it yet, you just wait because just, at yeah. some point you're too young. You're That's gonna, what it is. Yeah. You're going to be able to relate to this a lot. Uh, and when you see that Welsh flag on the shirt or whatever, and you see that red Welsh dragon at the center of the Welsh flag, which is dope. Uh, you're going to be able to think about what that represents um, and, and overcome the adversity and the knowledge and wisdom that you gain from it. So anyway, uh, any last words, Nate, what do you, what do we think? I think that was um, a good one. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah, we, we almost hit the time right on the spot. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, guys just keep doing your thing, man. Keep mm -hmm. doing your thing. Keep pushing, keep, keep striving to be the best that you can possibly be.
Um, and yeah, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> haven't yeah. even told my girlfriend yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we're getting there. Yeah, guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, in, in general, you know, be uncommon. The outliers in society, the greats that we look up to the most, it's because they took uncommon action. They chose to be uncommon. And uh, we can do that too. You know, it's, it's a, sure. a decision we make every day. Um, with that though, thanks for listening. You guys on us? Yeah, common people can become uncommon by taking uncommon action. There so you take go. uncommon action today. <laughs> there you go. All right, we'll see you in the next one. All right, peace. Peace out.